Welcome to episode two of the Inside Work Alchemy podcast with me, your host, Claire Yosa, author of Dare to Dream Bigger. And today's episode, we're going to cover the mojo killing epidemic that most of us are secretly addicted to that we don't even realize we're doing. Welcome. So today I want to talk to you about one of the quickest ways to kill your creativity, your innovation, to absolutely pour bucketfuls of cold water on your mojo and leave yourself feeling just stuck and pretty down about the difference you're here to make in the world. And it's one little word. And we use it in our self-talk multiple times a day. And I want to do, I want to set you free from this. I want to help you learn how to spot it and to give you some alternatives. Because if you don't deal with this problem, you're going to kill your dreams. Even if you manage to use sheer grit, determination and willpower to get through, you're not going to enjoy the journey as much. I've seen this so often over the last 15 years with my mentoring clients and I've done it myself. So let's play with this for a moment. I invite you to think about something creative that's on your to-do list, something that you really would normally enjoy and that might fall under the inspired action label. So something that will actually take you the next step forwards on your passionate world changer journey. And notice what kind of thoughts come up for you and what your posture does when you say to yourself, I have to do that or I should do that. Or I ought to do that. And just pause for a moment and notice what you notice about your thoughts, your emotions and your body. Really allow yourself to sink into this experience. I have to. I should. I ought. Breathe as that makes you breathe. Allow your body to move. And let your thoughts have a moment to do whatever they need to. And what do you notice? What happened to your posture? What happened to your breathing, to your thoughts? And how are you feeling? Are you feeling open and expansive and inspired? Or perhaps contracted and constricted and somehow smaller? Do your shoulders feel heavy? So when I work with my clients and on masterminds and workshops with people on this, the most visible and near instant change is in your shoulders. When we start thinking, I have to, I must, I ought to, our shoulders slouch as though we're giving Atlas a quick break from carrying the weight of the heavens. Jaws clench, eyes tense, the breathing moves from the belly to the upper chest or even the throat. The face tenses up and worry lines appear between the brows. Now, here's the thing is when you think like that and those stress responses fire off, You're going into the sympathetic nervous system. So in your brain, you've only got access to the fight, flight, freeze bit because it's going into stress. It's saying, hey, I've got to defend myself from something big and scary here. You lose access to the part of your brain at the prefrontal cortex that does the strategic thinking and the leaps and the insights. And you lose connection to the creativity part of the brain because, frankly, you don't want to be creative. You want to run and survive. (laughs) So... I call this should-itis, those slippery-shouldered shoulds. 
as soon as you catch yourself saying, I should, I have to, I ought, I must, you're coming from a place of obligation instead of freedom. And that obligation, that have to, that no choice, that taking away of freedom makes it really hard to feel inspired and creative. And it's a modern epidemic. Now, before I spill the beans any more on this, I want you to shake that off because otherwise you're going to be too busy with your have-to stories to listen to me for the rest of this episode. So give your body a bit of a shake and give yourself a big smile. I don't care if you're on the train, in the car, just do your best not to get arrested, yeah? (laughs) And I've lost count of how many thousands of people I have met who were running shoulditis as a major life pattern. You can spot it. I have to. I ought. I must. I should. Most of us say this without thinking. But did you notice the shift it created in you? So obligation is one of the quickest ways to thwart your creative inspiration, your confidence, your mojo, your inner spark. And while we sometimes put ourselves under time pressure and still get to create near genius work, that's about urgency rather than obligation. It kicks your backside into the zone. But when you think back over the last few years, how were you feeling when you created your best work? What kind of thoughts were you telling yourself when you stepped out of comfort zones and did things you didn't know were possible? I'm guessing the word should was not part of it. Because inspiration rarely strikes when you're feeling trapped by obligation. And that is today's tweetable for this episode – Inspiration rarely strikes when you're feeling trapped by obligation. And we're using the hashtag InsideWorkAlchemy for today. So what's the alternative? How can you reconnect with your mojo and stop shoulditis from stopping it in its tracks? Well, a simple shift can have a profound effect on all areas of your life in an instant. In fact, master this one and your life will never be the same again in a good way, I promise So I want to share with you Marion's story as I show you how you can turn this around. It's all about how I ended up teaching yoga at 33,000 feet on an (laughs) aeroplane. I'm not the world's biggest fan of flying. Yeah, I've tapped on that. I've done EFT on it. I've done all sorts of other things. It's easier than it was. But studying engineering kind of put me off aeroplanes, as did joining the university parachute club to allegedly conquer my fear of heights. So... I was on my way to lead a business breakthrough retreat in Turkey when I met Marion on the flight. And the first two words she said to me were, I should. I can't actually remember what came next because those first two words grabbed my attention. She was gentle-mannered, friendly, unassuming, about 60 years old or so. And when she said these words, she visibly shrank. And it was clearly a habit she's been running for many, many years. My automatic response came out, big smile and, but there's no such thing as should, it's okay. She didn't even register it, thank goodness, because she might have slapped me. (laughs) And I bumped into her again later in the queue for the toilets. Her next sentence to me also included the words, I should. And it was the same in her fifth or sixth sentence. And at that point, I let her jump the queue for the toilets. Very English of me. So I could come up with some ideas. I felt really I needed to do something to help her. So I did some simple yoga stretches while she was using the loo um, and posture to get the blood flowing in my calves again. 
you know, it was only a four hour flight, but I was feeling pretty stiff. And when she came out of the toilet, she saw me doing a balance posture called the dancer, Natrajasan, which is one I absolutely love because it gives the front of your thigh muscles a beautiful stretch too. And we often store a lot of tension there, particularly if we've been sitting down. Marion paused to watch and then made a throwaway comment. She said, oh, I could never do that. I'm rubbish at balancing. I should be able to do it, but I can't. In fact, I'm thinking of giving up yoga. Now, I'm a yoga teacher and my heart sank because I know how important yoga can be for someone like Marion or for any of us. And with the inner critic pattern she was clearly running, I could really see that balancing body and mind would be hugely beneficial for her. So my mentoring autopilot kicked in and uh, Marion had used the scary combo. Yeah, I should be able to do this, but I can't do it well enough. So I would just give up. Big red light. Yeah. And we've all done it, haven't we? We've judged ourselves so badly that we end up quitting or not even starting something our heart is calling us to do. Our inner critic won over our desire to change or learn or grow or do something we loved. Our fear of not being good enough or not fitting in or not being as good as others can stop us from even trying. I could see the fear in Marion's eyes and I ended up running an impromptu yoga masterclass for her and some of the cabin crew on the aeroplane covering the rudimentaries of balancing. When you're not natural at balancing, there are techniques you can use in yoga that mean you can still do the postures. You don't have to look like a yogi on the cover of a magazine to be able to balance. So you just need to let your inner perfectionist out of the go go out of the way and allow yourself to visualise the postures and make some small adaptations to make the balancing much easier. But the real thing here was Marion's use of should. So who on earth said she should be able to balance? <laughs> it's, it's not easy. When we think about children learning to walk, it takes a long time. I remember years ago going to an open day at the Honda factory in Swindon and they had a robot there. I think it's called Asimo, Asimo. And they had managed to get Asimo to walk. And I think they were training it to go up and down stairs. And the bit that was hardest was getting it to balance the computations that happen in the human brain to be able to balance as we move are huge. So the fact that you know, for learning yoga postures, that balancing is something lots of us find a bit challenging is actually okay. That should can go. We all do it. And should moves us into dangerous territory. It moves us from obligation to self-judgment. And that moves us to not even trying or giving up. So the fact is that nobody had told Marion that she should be able to balance effortlessly with a heel tucked in her groin doing the perfect tree posture or whatever. It was a projection that she'd subconsciously created and then judged herself against. And that's the other's more sinister side of shoulditis. So I'm not a genius yoga teacher, but I know a lot about psychology, how the brain works. And my instincts told me I only had a few minutes to give Marion the evidence mid-flight that she could balance, that she is good enough so that she wouldn't have to give up the yoga she loves. By the end of the session, Marion knew the techniques and she had thrown away the shoulditis on her balancing. She had proved to herself that she could balance. She just needed to do it differently. 
the beam on her face it's something I will never forget whenever this happens when somebody lets go of should I just the freedom the excitement the light that they shine is just awe-inspiring when you move from I can't but I should be able to to I can I choose to and I will in my own way you set yourself free and that's how you set yourself free from shoulditis you move from the self stories of I should I have to I must to I choose to you let go of obligation and you instantly move to freedom and choice so try it on for size right now Think of that thing earlier that was bringing you up the feelings of I should, I have to, I must and allow your body, your thoughts and your breathing just to shift into that space for a moment. Notice how your body feels, how your breathing feels, how your thoughts feel, what kind of emotions are running. And now just swap one word. The word have for choose. I have to becomes I choose to. And just breathe with that for the next few moments. Notice what shifts I choose to. How did your body change? What happened with your thoughts? How did your emotions shift? And what might this do for the stories that you're telling yourself in your head? And if you want the icing on the cake, you can shift from I have to, to I choose to, to I get to. I did this recently. My youngest son has got some extra swimming lessons because he's been learning to swim and the rest of his class is slightly ahead of him. And I'm not a mad fan of sitting in overheated swimming pool areas watching children swim. It's We'd done lessons about a year ago and the experience was truly unpleasant as an observer. The air was full of nasty chlorine. It was too hot, too noisy, and I found it utterly exhausting. And luckily, the new pool he's at is absolutely lovely, but I didn't know that. So I found myself telling myself stories of, oh, I have to finish work early. I have to go and sit by the swimming pool. I have to smile politely. Oh, it's going to be horrible. I shifted that to I choose to which gave me back my power of choice. And then the icing on the cake I get to. This takes you from a place of obligation to a place of choice, then to a place of gratitude. I get to go and watch my five-year-old learn to swim. It's going to be so cool seeing him improve each week. And also I'm going to be holding the teacher to account to make sure she doesn't slack off. And he's going to feel supported and he gets some one-to-one mummy time knowing I'm there and rooting for him. I get to. So that is the ultimate cure for shoulditis. And that's when you know you've cracked it. So that's my challenge to you this week. Whenever you spot yourself saying, I have to, I should, I must, I ought to, shift to I choose to, and then move through to I get to. And notice the transformation that happens. I can't wait to hear from you. Let me know via the comments. This is a topic I discuss in Dare to Dream Bigger, the inside work handbook for entrepreneurs and passionate world changers. There's a whole section on page 269 onwards on shoulditis if you want to dive in on this. And I've also got a bonus for you over at the show notes page. 
If you've been hanging around with me for a while, you'll know that in addition to NLP, meditation, yoga, psychology, all that kind of thing, I also love energy EFT, emotional freedom technique or tapping. It is such a brilliant way of shifting blocks in our system that we can't reach consciously or with the thinking mind. And I've got a bonus process for you on how to use energy EFT to shift shoulditis. It is not to be missed. Yeah, I don't want to include it in the podcast because I know lots of people listen while they're driving and I don't want you tapping in the car and you're not going to want to do it on the train. So go to the show notes and you can download the energy EFT process to shift you really beautifully from shoulditis to freedom to gratitude. And I really hope you're going to love that. You can find that at claireyosa.com forward slash articles forward slash should itis. So that's C-L-A-R-E-J-O-S-A dot com forward slash articles forward slash S-H-O-U-L-D-I-T-I-S. So you've got your EFT meditation there to guide you through the process. And as I say, this is covered in the Dare to Dream Bigger handbook. You can get your copy in all good bookstores, the big bookshop in the sky. You can order one direct, dare to dream bigger handbook.com. You get a signed copy and bonuses. And if you've already got your copy, page 269, and then head over to the Readers Club. And we've got a special discussion thread for this over in the forum. I hope you found this useful. Please subscribe via iTunes or however you like to do that. If this episode helped you, please leave a review and please share it far and wide with anybody else you know who might be suffering from shoulditis. Let's just put an end to this epidemic and help everybody reclaim their freedom to choose. Mm-hmm.